0: Romans chapter 5, verse 17, Isaiah chapter 12. We'll get to Isaiah in a moment, but let's begin with Romans 5 and 17. For it became, or excuse me, for because of one man, Adam's sin, his trespass, death reigned through that one man much more. Those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. What an awesome promise. Yes. Adam released upon the human race the disease of sin. But through the one man who came from heaven, Jesus Christ, righteousness reigns all the more. And righteousness triumphs over sin, Amen. praise the Lord. And so we're, we've been for the past few weeks looking at the fact that the gift of righteousness when we receive it, when we understand the gift of righteousness, the Bible says, through the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, those who receive that gift reign in life. Wouldn't you like to reign in life? I'm not sure I know what reigning in life is, but we're going to look at it together this morning. But just let your mind think for a moment. What does it mean to reign in life? The free gift of righteousness means that you get what Jesus deserves. Think with me about it. As 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, God made Jesus who knew no sin to become sin for us that in exchange we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. He did not deserve the sin that put Him to death on Calvary's cross. Likewise, we did not deserve the righteousness with which He rose from the dead and is enthroned at the right hand of the Father. Righteousness means right standing with God. Jesus deserved righteousness, but He got a death for sin, and He took that deliberately. We did not deserve right standing with God. But because of the exchange Jesus made, we get what Jesus deserves. When He rose from the dead, He deserves to be free from temptation. He deserves complete authority and triumph over the enemy. He deserves that everything He thinks and does comes to pass. There is no dysfunction in Him whatsoever. Righteousness means... That you and I get what Jesus deserves. And if I could say it to you like this the gift of righteousness isn't about whether you deserve to live blessed and favored, but it's about whether Jesus deserves to live blessed and favored. You have received the gift of righteousness, his righteousness. And so before you put yourself under pressure and think, I have to go out and perform at this certain level and make sure I never make mistakes, realize that your righteousness has never been about your ability to never make mistakes. Your righteousness is about you looking to the Father and receiving Jesus as your Savior and receiving the gift of righteousness. You could not stand right before God if you did not receive it as a gift. You can't work for it. You have to receive it as a gift. When you receive it as a gift, you get what Jesus deserves, not what you deserve. Can you say praise the Lord? So the next time you look at what you deserve and you're tempted to pull away from God and find a shadow to hide in somewhere, just remember that the Father in heaven looks at you through the righteousness of Jesus and says, my child, come before me. I give to you the righteousness my son deserves, not the sin and its consequences that you deserve. When you reign in life, the Bible says those that have received the free gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace reign in life. So God's intention is for you and I to reign in life. So I say we ought to find out what it means to reign in life and get about it. Can you say amen? Amen. When you reign in life, fear and depression doesn't. When you reign in life, sin doesn't. When you reign in life, sickness doesn't. And so the question is who is living your life? Is it the you who struggles or the you who receives? Because the Bible says those who receive, you who receive the gift of righteousness, reign in life. So I have to ask myself am I the one who struggles every day and is discouraged by my weaknesses? If I am, if that is the me that is living my life, then let me learn how to become the me who receives. Because if I become the receiver, I can reign in life. Remember, receivers reign. Receivers reign in life. In spite of your weakness, you can reign over those weaknesses. Can you say amen? Amen. You see, when you live in the righteousness that Jesus deserves you will reign in life. So it brings us to this question. And this is really the, the context for what we want to look into this morning. How do you live in Jesus' righteousness? You know that theologically that the Lord has made you righteous. We believe that God has made us righteous. But how on a functional level every day when I leave this church and I have to go out and deal with things, how do I live in righteousness? And so the question for you is how do you live in that righteousness so that you can reign in life? For that answer, let's take a look at our second verse, and that is Isaiah chapter 12. And let's look at verses 3 through 4. Therefore with joy, everyone say joy. Joy. Therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day shall you say praise the Lord, call upon His name, declare His doings among the people, make mention that His name is exalted. One of my favorite verses. With joy shall you draw water out of the well of salvation. You see, many people are living in the kingdom of God. That artesian well of the presence of God runs under the property. But if you're not drawing it out of the well, what good is it doing you? Believing that the living waters are in you is one thing, but drawing them out is another. Believing that Jesus gives to you freely the living waters, the waters of life, which cover every every human need, is wonderful. But He didn't give you those living waters so that you could believe in them, but so that you could drink. Hallelujah. So that you could reign, truly reign in life. Don't wait until life gets better. Because life isn't going to get better. If you read your Bible, you find out it's not going to get better. Life gets worse. The world feels it. Have you noticed how many zombie shows are? <laughs> the world is expecting things to get worse. Have you noticed all the TV shows, the zombie apocalypse? There's no such thing as a zombie, but I think people are convinced that they're coming. There, you, you know. I think it's because, no, never mind. <laughs> Let me not comment; it's not really important. But the fact of the matter is that you don't wait for the world to get better. The answer is reign in life. You don't wait for life to get good. God says reign in life. So how do I reign in life? I live through the gift of righteousness. And how do I do that but draw from the well of salvation? The Bible says, With joy shall you draw water from the wells of salvation, and in that day you shall say, Praise the Lord. Call upon His name with me. Declare His doings among the people. See, this is what's coming out of your mouth. In that day that you draw the waters from the well of salvation, you're going to say out loud so that everyone around you can hear, Praise the Lord. Let's call on His name. Let's declare His doings among the people. Let's make mention that His name is exalted. A big mouth Christian. You can't shut him up. When they drink from the waters of salvation, it's like just like the dude that goes down to the bar. Once he's had enough to drink, he gets loud. Whatever's on his mind, it's coming out his mouth. Whatever he feels, you're going to hear about it. Have you ever noticed? Those of you that remember in your BC days, it's that little dude sitting on the bar stool, meek, timid, but he gets enough to drink. He turns into a monster. He's a cage fighter. Gets enough drinks, he hops down off the bar stool, finds the biggest guy in the place, spins him around and just hits him, knocks him right off the thing. Why does he do that? Because he drank enough, he got bold. That inner whatever it is came out. You see, now if that's the way sinners get when, they get, when they're drinking, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, Because you'll get beat up. (laughs) But be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another. You see, when you get filled with the Spirit, you can't keep it to yourself. Are you listening to me? When you get filled with the Spirit, you're going to talk about it. Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. You get filled with the Holy Ghost, you start singing. You start praising. You start praying in the Spirit. Hallelujah. So, remember that receivers reign in life. This is all about receiving that gift of righteousness. Let me just take the word receiving and the word reigning and just break it down a little bit for you. Receiving is not just claiming. Christians always run around claiming stuff. Oh, I claim that. They see that new 2016 model car. Oh, I claim that. Or they go to church and they hear a message. Pastor preaches about some quality of the Spirit or some aspect of faith. Oh, I claim that. That's me, praise God, Jesus' name. I claim that. You see, receiving is not just claiming. Anybody can run around and claim stuff. It's not just claiming. It's taking and drinking. Receiving is actually taking and ingesting. Taking it in. Somebody say amen if you know what I'm talking about. Praise the Lord. So that's receiving. What about reigning? Reigning is receiving what Jesus deserves. I know I will never reign in life. Donald Trump is not reigning in life. People think, oh, if I could just have the money Donald Trump has, I would be reigning in life. Nobody reigns in life. Nobody except those who receive what Jesus deserves, the peace, the victory, the communion with the Father, the acceptance at the throne of grace. That's reigning. When you can say, I'm reigning over sin, I'm reigning over demons, I'm reigning over every strategy of the enemy. When the devil knocks me down, I get back up again. Hallelujah. When you can say, I am living in, In the benefits of the righteousness that Jesus deserves, then you could say you're reigning in life. So reigning is receiving what Jesus deserves. Let's take that uh, scripture in Isaiah and break it down. It's got three simple parts to it. Number one, with joy shall you draw. Everyone say joy. joy. Joy is faith exerting itself over your circumstances. People are always trying to attack their problems with faith. That's wonderful. Faith is an attack tool. Faith is a mountain mover. Can you say amen? amen. Joy is faith attacking your circumstances. Joy is how faith dominates your circumstances. Joy is faith exerting its authority, exerting its influence over your circumstances. When you speak to the mountain that's opposing you and it just gets bigger and it gets more ugly and you wonder, how do I make this mountain move? Remember, joy exerts faith over your circumstance. That's how faith moves mountains, through joy. Can you say amen? It's praising God. Joy is praising God for what you believe rather than just quietly having beliefs. Lots of Christians are not overcoming. They have great minds. They are locked into the truth. They know what the Word says, but they're quiet about it. They keep it all on the inside. That's the problem. Joy does not stay on the inside. Joy is a jumping out kind of fruit, if you will. You can feel happy, but joy is not passive. Joy is praising God for what you believe, even when everything around you, and especially when everything around you looks like the very opposite is happening in your world. Did you know that trials and temptations are a challenge to your gift of righteousness in Christ? The gift of righteousness... It's given to you so you will reign in life. When you know that, then you understand that trials and temptations come to challenge your claim to the gift of righteousness. Every trial, every trial has that strategy, that tactical purpose behind it. To tear your confidence away from the fact that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. So every trial and temptation is a challenge to your gift of righteousness. It's an attack on your faith. There's only one thing the devil's trying to accomplish through the trials and temptations that you go through, and that is to attack your faith, to try to diminish your confidence in the righteousness of Christ in you. The last thing that a Christian should be doing during a trial is to quietly weather the storm. To hunker down and to be quiet and just kind of get into a bush somewhere until the storm passes. I don't know about you, but that is my natural tendency, to turtle, to get quiet. When things get hard, when things get difficult, my my mouth gets dry, my tongue cleaves to the roof. A kind of silence rises to take over. It's at that moment When joy is a decision. Joy is not the result of happiness. Joy is the exercise of discipline. Joy is a discipline. If you wait until happenings make you happy, you're never going to use joy when you really need it. It's when your mouth is dry and your tongue is cleaving to the roof of your mouth. When trials have hammered you down into a state of silence and you can't think of anything good to say. That's when joy needs to exert itself. It's a discipline. It is a decision. And decide to bless the Lord. Decide to challenge the mountain. Hallelujah. Lord, your mercy endures forever. You are awesome. You are wonderful. If you can't think of anything to say good about yourself, say good stuff about Jesus. You're always in good Standing when you talk about the goodness of God. You begin to praise the goodness of God, you'll start receiving the goodness of God. Can we get those lights on right there? That'd be great. Praise the Lord. One of my favorite verses in James chapter 1 and verse 2. In the King James, it sounds kind of passive. It says, Consider it all joy when you fall into various trials. How many of you are familiar with that verse? Consider it all joy. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like think happy thoughts. (laughs) Consider it all joy. Well, I don't know about you. I hate trials. There's nothing about them that make me happy. I don't like trials. Um, Whether they're little bitty trials or enough little bitty trials can have the same effect as one great big trial. So I, I don't enjoy trials. I don't think you do either. So I've never liked the way the King James translates that scripture that James wrote. Consider it all joy. Because when I think about trials, they're not joyous. That verse, the way it's translated, leads you to believe that you should extract some sort of happiness or joy out of your trials. And I've heard guys teach that, and that's just utter nonsense. Could I be frank with you about it? That's bad theology, that's poor preaching, it's lazy Bible exegesis, it's not good teaching. Because James did not say, consider it all joy when you experience trials. What he literally said as he wrote in that Greek language from which these scriptures were translated into English was, command with official authority At all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. He never said consider it joy. He said take authority and command it joy. When you face trials, command joy. You see, this verse, when it's properly read and properly interpreted, it changes the concept of joy from passive to aggressive. Joy isn't the satisfaction that you feel after drinking from the waters of salvation. Joy is actually drawing the waters of salvation so that you can drink. This is why more Christians don't have joy flowing in their life, because they are passive about it rather than deliberate and aggressive. Joy commands. It doesn't wait until the victory's already been won, and then get excited about it. It's when you've got your last dying breath and you just want to do anything but rejoice when joy really is powerful in your tongue when you raise it up and use it. I like Philippians 4 and 4 that says, Rejoice in the Lord always. (laughs) This morning was a hard morning for me. Everything that could go wrong just about was going wrong. Technically, things weren't working. Things weren't going right. And I had a ton of things do. Got a service again this afternoon at four and running around trying to put all this stuff together, keep it all straight, and um, got here and forgot the Royal Order of the towel certificate. Left it at home at the last minute, just minutes before the service, and I thought, oh my goodness. Now my phone was hooked up back in the audio-visual booth, because we were going to play music off of it, so I had to go run back there and unhook it, um, and quickly call, and fortunately, the answer on the other end, my lovely wife said, what'd you forget? <laughs> I said, you, tell me you haven't left the house. She said, I haven't left the house. I said, oh, Good. So then I'm trying to tell her where I might have left it. And at first, we're going from room to room, can't find it. She found it. There it was. So my, the angel brought it in. Hallelujah. And I was just huffing and puffing. The sanctuary was dimly lit. Prayer was going on. And I came and sat down on the front. And thought, oh, I'm just going to relax in the presence of the Lord. Bowed down. And I looked down. And my entire left leg, from my knee down to the, to the bottom of my foot, was covered covered in spider webs. Now Terry over here, Pastor Terry Burchard, is laughing hysterically because he knows I can handle snakes, I can handle, I hate spiders. Spiders (laughs) completely freak me out. And I looked at my leg and it's like, what in the world is this? And I'm trying to wipe them off my trousers for you that are under 50, that's pants. I'm trying to wipe them off. They won't come off. I'm trying to pick them off. They won't come off. And I remembered that when I opened the garage door this morning, it scraped my leg, and there were a whole bunch of spider webs, probably a few black widows. (laughs) So I'm checking to see if I got any black widows crawling up my leg. I had to go in the bathroom, get wet paper towels, and I had to scrub to get the spider webs off my leg. It's minutes before the service is going to start. My pants are totally soaked and wet. So I'm walking out, got the wet pants on, and I'm, just, and I'm just saying, praise the Lord, His mercy endures forever and ever. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus is Lord, He's worthy to be praised. Even through the small trials, the idea is praise must be aggressive. You've got to thank God. Every one of these situations happens because the enemy wants to rob you from the benefits of righteousness. So rejoice in the Lord always. And then He knew what our tendency was, so He said, and again... I say rejoice. And I love the fact that he says rejoice in the Lord. You see, you don't have to wait until you rejoice in your circumstance. If you wait for the world to turn, it may be a long time before you rejoice because one trial ends and here's another one. You know how the world is. So you can rejoice in the Lord anytime. His, the sun is always shining in the throne room of His grace. Can you say Amen. So it's his deserved righteousness that gives me something to praise God about. Let's go on to the next part. It says, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Do you notice the plural form of the word well? well? Wells of salvation. Well, I noticed that as well. And it made me think of that Greek word that's translated salvation, sozo, which means to be saved from sin and from the curse. One of these Sundays are going to preach on salvation from the curse. I got a little revelation from the Lord recently about the curse and what it means to be freed from the curse. Not just forgiven of sin, but the curse broken. So salvation, the wells of salvation, simply mean that the Lord has delivered us and given us wells that cover every area of life. Salvation speaks to sin and the curse in this world. We're free from that. Healing, the same word sozo, the exact same word means to be healed. The word that talks about being saved from sin is the same word for being healed. Deliverance from strategies of the enemy from demonic oppression, whatever it might be, deliverance from harm, the arrow that shoots by day, the pestilence stalking by night. The Bible says salvation covers that, deliverance from the enemy. So the gift of righteousness covers everything. Therefore, with joy, with joy, I draw out of that gift of righteousness what I need for every area of my life. Hallelujah. His salvation covers it all. Right standing with God puts you in right standing over sin, over the curse, over oppression, over the enemy, over all those things. And when you walked in that righteousness, you reign in life. And when you reign, those things don't reign. Somebody say praise the Lord. And finally he says in that day shall you say praise the Lord. Therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation and in that day. You know we love to kick the can down the road don't we? I'm waiting for that day. I'm looking forward to that day. One day my troubles will be over. Well That day came 2,000 years ago. Honey, your troubles were over 2,000 years ago. You say, what are you talking about? I'm going through some troubles right now. I'm looking at some people this morning that I know are going through. They are going through. There There are some trials. There are some things happening. And they're not fake. They're real. The world is real. The world is really a dangerous place. I'm not saying that your trials aren't real or that they disappear. But what I am saying is that God has promised if you receive the gift of righteousness, you will reign in life through it. That tells me that it is God's intention for you today, not someday, but this day, for you to reign in life. Not just Peter and Paul or a special Christian here or there. For the Bible says that with joy you draw water from the wells of salvation. That means that that bucket of joy is available to everybody. Is there anybody who is not authorized to have joy? The Bible says all Christians should rejoice. Every safe person should know and learn how to rejoice. I access the benefits of the undeserved grace of Jesus Christ. I get what He deserves And I get what he deserves when I draw it out with joy. When I take hold of it with joy, when I praise him, when I lift him up, then today, it says in Hebrews, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Today is the day of salvation. Today shall you say, praise the Lord. This is that day. We're not waiting for the day that we go to glory. Glory has come to us. Heaven isn't where I'm going. Heaven's where I'm from. Do you not know, have you not heard that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? When you actually go there, you will be going home. You're from there. The life that you are presently living came from heaven. The faith in you came from heaven. The authority under which you operate came from heaven. The love that has filled you through the Holy Spirit, came from heaven. You're not trying to get to heaven. One day you will go to where you're from. You're not from this world. Pilgrim, you are passing through. That's why it feels strange to you. When you go there, heaven's not going to feel strange. You'll know that you have entered your home, your house. Praise the Lord. Today is that day of salvation. Today is that day to rejoice. Today is the day to exercise the victory and to draw from the wells of salvation because on that day 2,000 years ago Jesus triumphed over all these things. He rose up and deserved complete victory and rest and He is reigning, the Bible says, with His enemies under His feet. And so you reign in life through him. Capture that vision. Capture it in your mind and say, It's such a big thought. I, my trials make me small in my own eyes, and it's hard for me to, to reach out and get my hands on that thought. You don't have to have that, that mind that's brilliant and captures that thought. You can just start by praising the Lord. Amen. When you praise him, you start drawing water out of the well of salvation. Praise Him a little bit, then a little bit more. Start, start making it a habit in your life. You start walking in praise and after a while, you'll start reigning in life. Let me say it again. You start walking in the praises of God, you'll start reigning in life. Have you ever noticed the devil never tries to stop you from cussing? <laughs> he never does that. He never fights you're complaining. Have you ever noticed the devil never, fi- the devil never says you shouldn't complain like that. You know that's not good. Now, he'll push you into complaining and then the minute you do, he's he's there right there with his finger and trying to condemn you, which of course makes you want to complain more or go from complaining to cussing. He never, ever tries to, to reduce the level of negativity that comes out of your mouth. That's right. He just tries to push that pressure off on you so that it'll come. But my friend, if you want to reign in life, let me tell you that the groundwork has already been laid for you to completely and totally reign in life. Now, I believe there are many areas of my life that I'm not yet reigning, but I believe the groundwork has already been laid. I could reign in those areas of my life the very minute I get busy and decide to start praising God in those areas of my life on a regular basis. I will start drawing water out of the wells of salvation. Let me tell you that drawing water with joy out of the well of salvation is the devil's number one target. It's the thing he fights more than anything else. More than anything else. He knows that it's hard to defeat a Christian by tempting you to make mistakes because the Bible says, though the righteous fall, they just keep springing back up again. So how does the devil really defeat a Christian? How does he really tie you up? How does he really lock you up in life? By getting you to stop drawing with joy from the well of salvation. Knowing that every area of your life God has already met your need Begin to praise Him. You say, I don't have anything left. All I, all I can do is praise the Lord. Get busy. Get busy. You start seeding those areas of your life with praise. And lift up praise and magnify the Lord. And you'll begin to reign. Instead of being dominated, you will dominate. You'll reign through the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? like you to close your Bible and stand as we prepare to pray together. Our verse in Romans 5 and 17, those who receive the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace will reign in life through Jesus Christ. I love it because that tells me that God's will is for you to reign. Not just for Peter to reign, not just for the pastor to reign, but for you to reign in life. You, put your hand over your heart with me this morning. God wants your heart to reign in life. He wants you to have that victory. He wants you to reign over the curse, reign over sickness, reign over every threat. Some of the problems, some of the trials that you may be facing may be very deep and complex, but they're not too deep for God. And let me tell you, the well of salvation is deeper than your trial, deeper than your problems. And so this morning, we want to we start drawing out. Hallelujah, that from the well of salvation, which will make us to reign in life. Glory to God. Look to Jesus. As we close our eyes in prayer, wherever you're standing right now, let's see the Lord. Who is standing with open arms and saying, come and draw, come and drink, come and drink from the well of salvation and begin to praise Him. Lord, I pray that these lips of clay, which have oftentimes been parched and cracked by the silence of our trials, would be made moist And the living waters of praise will once again begin to flow. I command dryness to be broken. I command the flood of the Holy Spirit begin to break open and flow upon your lips. Put a song of praise, put a word of praise upon their lips. As you're praying, let me say this to you. Praise literally means to remember and to recount out loud the wonderful works of God. So when you're going through your trials and difficulties, open your Bible. Remember David. Remember Samson. Remember Peter. Remember the woman with the issue of blood. Remember the mighty works of God. Remember the deeds of God and the victories that He has wrought. The miracles, signs and wonders. And begin to recount them out loud. Out loud. And say, Lord, I thank You. You might be thinking, but what this trial I'm going through, why should I be thanking God for what He did through David? Because the God who did it through David is with you right now. So let's thank Him for what He did. How he parted the Red Sea for Moses. Let's thank him. Hallelujah. How that the woman with the issue of blood was immediately healed and delivered because that is the God who is here to heal and to deliver you. Begin to thank him out loud for what he's done. Begin to praise him. As you praise the Lord, you are drawing from the well of salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that praise puts you directly into the kingdom of God. As you praise the Lord, it puts you in His presence. It puts your feet upon the road of authority in Jesus Christ. On the path of righteousness, you're standing on good ground. When you praise the Lord, you're identifying with the family of God. You You might say, my family's poor, I can't afford a house, I can't afford a car, I can't afford to pay my rent. But bless God when you begin to thank Him and praise Him. You're claiming your role in the family of God. God's family isn't poor. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, that I'm I, my family can well afford a house. My family can afford a car. Hallelujah. My family, hallelujah, can afford some clothing. My family, hallelujah, has authority. Glory to God. When you praise Him, you're identifying with the family of righteousness, the family of victory. Hallelujah. When you praise Him, You know, the devil tries to drive you crazy. You lose your mind. You forget who you are. But as you praise the Lord, that memory comes flooding back. When you begin to praise the Lord, hallelujah, you're reminded of who you are. And those good things start rising up on the inside. So let us begin to praise Him this morning. Let us begin to thank Him for all that He has done. Let Him put that praise back in your lips again. Hallelujah. It is the key to your reigning in life through Jesus Christ. Lord, we lay every trial and every trouble, every sickness, every strategy of the enemy that is tied to anyone in this sanctuary this morning, we bring it now before you at the altar of the Most High God. Jesus, when you rose from the dead, you triumphed over sin, sickness, and all the devil's devices. You broke every curse. You covered every sin. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I command that trouble to release the one that it has held captive. And I command every captive to go free out of the hand of trouble. In the name of Jesus, child of God, be released. Go free in the name of Jesus. Rise up. And throw off that serpent in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Touch them. Bless them. Fill them. Release them, Father, in Jesus' mighty name.